Hello, you're very welcome to episode 52 of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast, season two. Uh, I'm your host, Robbie Mansfield, and I'm joined by uh, TJ Mills, who puts this, puts the show together really effectively. So how are you doing, TJ? I know it's a, it's a team effort, Robbie. It's definitely a team effort. I mean, if we didn't have topics, we'd have nothing to put together. So <laughs> good thanks in yourself. Ah, sure, Grant. I'm just back home there today. So went for went for a walk this morning in the piss and rain. And uh, as soon as I got back, the sun started splitting the stone. So uh, after it's just a typical day, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, no, I was lucky. I won't lie. It only started to rain, actually, when I was getting back to the car uh, after running. And yeah, I'm looking out now. It's actually, it was a lovely mild morning, but it was one of those kind of uh, shitty ones that you were kind of scared of rain all around. But, um, it can only get better anyway. The evenings are getting longer. So that's the main thing. That's it. Uh, cool. So we'll crack on to um, start off with the uh, GA action for the weekend. So I was only actually just googling to see what time the men's football was on Ash uh, today. Um, Saturday we're recording this. Um, I was just googling to see what time the, the match was on, and I discovered that there was a ladies' football final uh, between Kilcur and Clonburn and uh, versus Moran Abbey. Uh, so the Cork and Galway teams there. So you know, it's kind of a bit. A bit mad, I suppose. I haven't really heard any talk about it during the media, during the week. It's not, it's not really well publicised, I suppose. So, you know, does it kind of beg the question, is the, is the ladies game, ladies football or ladies sport in general, like kind of getting uh, getting enough of a plug in the media? Yeah, I won't lie. I would have been a big fan of, um, and I still am. I love watching ladies football. And to be fair, only for TG Cahar, the exposure they're given, it's, I mean, the talent that's there is unbelievable. Actually, uh, one of the top picks later on is to do around ladies football, a great program during the week. But uh, yeah, I, I won't lie. I listen to the radio a lot and I wouldn't have heard much about the, the club final at all. And I think it's a real shame because um, it, you look at... Um, the Galway side, sorry, Kilcurr and Clonburn, they defeated Dunbyne and Meat, and Dunbyne and Meat um, have the likes of the players of Vicky Wall and all of that that uh, defeated Dublin in the All Ireland Senior Inter County final back in September. So, I mean, to the talents that are at the disposal, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it's a real shame, but maybe it's a situation I wasn't looking out for it either. Maybe the resources were there, but anything I heard on the radio during the week or even on the television, I didn't see much previews about it because I think it's a real shame. Cork versus Galway, two of the biggest sides in ladies football. Yeah, so... Um... Sure, should be a good game. I'm going to try and watch it today as well, as with the with the men's games as well. So, and two uh, cracking semi-finals. You have Kilmacud Croaks um, versus um, Parry Pierce at five o'clock, and you got Kilku versus uh, Saint Finbars at three o'clock today. So, a feast of football on today. Will you, will you try and catch some of the games yourself, Deej? I will. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to watching those. I won't lie; I didn't see any of the Kilku games. Uh, this year so far but I mean they are a really great club side um, really interested to see the Park Pierce's Kilmacoe Crokes game um, because uh, I 
I was impressed the way Kilmacud, like they were they they were very poor in the first half against Port Arlington, but they really showed their work then in the second half and they really excelled after that. They had a bit of a battle against Nace as well now in the Leinster final. Um but still without um sorry, it's Paul Mannion, I hope I'm right. Um oh is it Paul Mannion? Uh, yes, Paul Mannion. Yeah, yeah Paul yeah. Mannion. Sorry, he was injured the last day. To be able to do what he done uh, against Nace was really impressive. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, a bit like last weekend, people had fancied Kilku versus Kilmico Crokes, but like last weekend proved you can't. It can't be a dead cert either because St Thomas is a tell you they were within a whisker of an All Ireland club final. So. Uh, TJ Reid had something to say about that but um, yeah no, looking forward to those games and it just shows the feast of action, I, I can't praise TJ Cahar enough, I mean that's a full afternoons of action, the ladies football and then the two club championship finals as well and then they'll have a feast of games on tomorrow as well uh, one thing I would like to mention when we're mentioning about the ladies football as well, not to change topic too quickly is uh, the success of Mullinahone ladies football last weekend. They qualified for the final, and next weekend they defeated St. Brendan's at Galway 1 6 6. But the interesting thing about that is the feast of Kilkenny Camogie players that are involved with the Mullinahone side and um, Denise Gallaby. Um, one of the Wingap players involved. There's about seven players involved, so it's great to see. Um, Kilkenny Camogie stars uh, playing with the big ball um, and getting to an all-earn final as well so great um, congratulations there to them yeah fair play and uh, wish them all the best sir Mullinahone's uh, only across the board there into, uh, um, into Tipperary there um, so they, they are they're obviously not like football for their their own club if you know what I mean that's why they're, they have to go to Tipperary is it? yeah they used to be like Kilkenny, they are great uh, ladies football in Kilkenny. There's great work being made. Um, Kilkenny won junior all earned in 2007 against uh, London. Um, I would have had a few friends on that Kilkenny side as well, and it was great success. Then it kind of weaned off a bit, but then there was a, a, a great club for an amalgamation, like the, the real high profile. Uh, clubs within Kilkenny, it'd be Kilkenny City, Rail Yard, and Thomastown. And uh, Dunhamagan are making great progress as well. I was lucky to be involved um, coaching there a few years ago with um, under under 16s and minor. Um, and there are great work being done there as well. But it, it's it, it, when you're in a county like Kilkenny, the small ball will always take precedence. And that's the that's the thing. And to see players involved um, to go, I mean, they were a club site set up um, years ago. It was called the Three Friars. Um, it was amalgamation as well. It was the Southern clubs would be Mullinabak, Carrick Shock, uh, Wine Gap. Um, and uh, I think branch kind of into Carrigan Shore as well. I stand corrected on that, and uh, there were great work done there as well. But it's great to see um, 
Kilkenny sides involved and it's an all-earned final as well so great success there after coming up against the Galway side as well which Galway have been known uh, for ladies football so it's terrific yeah cool fair play um, and also the, the National Football League uh, is starting this weekend Tej would you be um, it's probably like some of the best football or the best matchups we'll get all year in terms of uh, Gaelic football uh, because you have all the top teams playing each other and you also you have all the teams playing different teams at, at all their um, their level like to say Division 4 teams are playing teams at their level and Division 3 and so on so you get some very competitive games and you don't really get too many uh, blowouts like you get in the championship. Um, so when we're talking, well, we won't uh, talk again about the championship structure for a while because we kind of beat it to death for, for the last bit. But um, it is a bit of a shame that you get some of the best games or best matchups, uh, you know, just in the National League when the teams aren't really that uh, into it and it's more building for the championship. Uh, but this year... There's going to be a bigger emphasis placed on the league because the the championship is going to be rattled off a lot quicker, and I think the All Ireland final is going to be during the summer. It's not going to be late August or September, so there's going to be a bit more of an emphasis for for teams to hit the ground running in the league and put and players to stake their name for championship starts and stuff like that. So, um, just on football, who do you think has the the most to gain uh, from a good national league campaign? Um. I think it'd be really interesting for Dublin. I won't lie. I mean, after all Dublin won, there are question marks after one year not winning the All-Ireland, which is very strange. Like it, It's kind of Kilkenny-esque in the sense because um, when you have a team that is after dominating for a number of years and they have a hiccup or something like that, to have a question mark, I mean, you don't become a bad team overnight. Um, but the Dublin Armagh game tonight it's on RTE2 I'm actually really looking forward to that because Armagh went really well in the McKenna Cup now I know they didn't qualify for the final and they were leading Monaghan well I think I, I'd stand corrected on that I think it was Armagh Monaghan um, and it'd be interesting to see that um, Dublin had a tough enough game against Leash last weekend. Um, it was a goal in the first half. Now, I know it's Stoburn Cup, and that's the caveat, Stoburn Cup. Dublin were missing a lot of their starters. You could say Leash were as well. But still, it was a really entertaining game, and it was nip and tuck. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I was listening to the radio during the weekend. There was an argument being made, even though, as you say, and I completely agree with you, the league is fa- it has a real significance this year for, say, teams in Division 3 and Division 4, because if they don't go well or qualify for a provincial final, they go into the Talton Cup. It may not be as severe that in that sense for say teams in division one and division two but still what was said during the week and I would agree with it is will you have teams showing their hand too early in the league because the championship's going to be so soon because as you say the All-Ireland final is going to be in around say the third week in July which is very very strange that gives a gap a good gap then for the club championship but they are some really mouth-watering games. Like was mentioned, the Dublin Armagh game. In Division 2, Derry versus Down. 
I mean, Derry and Down are rivals for years. I mean, they would have clashed against each other in Division One of the league going back uh, for decades there. Uh, Leash and Light, that's another interesting one. Uh, Mickey Hart against Billy Sheen. Um, Mickey Hart, mixed year last year. But then you look at Down Division Four, you have Watford versus Tipperary, a local rivalry there as well. So, yeah, it's a pity. The one thing I, I actually saw during the week as well, and maybe it's the one bad thing about the country opening up a game again is there's not as many games being streamed anymore. Um, and as someone said, it's not always possible, say, for people with young families or, say, people that would be housebound or anything like that, or even people that are still scared of going out or getting back to games, that these games won't be, won't be streamed. But I suppose that shows the great benefit in local radio as well, that nearly all the radio stations will be running commentaries on it. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, one thing I was going to touch on, oh yeah, it was um big game probably in, in Newbridge tomorrow, uh, Kildare versus Kerry. So there's, um, so there's Jack O'Connor, who was Kildare manager last year. He left the Kildare job and now he's uh, back in Kerry and he's obviously going to try and win an All-Ireland with this, with this group of Kerry guys. And um, then you've got Kildare, with their, they replaced him with an all-star team of uh, Glenn Ryan, Anthony Rainbow and uh, Dermot Early. And they also have... Um, Paul Galvin in doing whatever some sort of coaching role. So um, I think that's probably the for me. It's one of the standout games of the weekend to see how it's going to go. Do you think uh, Kildare will be kind of sore over Jack O'Connor leaving, or do you think it will just be um, they'll be happy enough that they've actually got a dream dream team of uh, Kildare management at the minute? To be fair, Robbie, it's I say they would have been slightly disappointed, but the one thing I'd say, and I mean absolutely no disrespect by it, Jack O'Connor didn't really set Kildare alight. Um, now, I, I'm not questioning Kildare's ability or I'm not questioning Jack O'Connor's ability, far from it. But sometimes when you bring in an outside manager, it may not automatically bring success. And having someone within your own county the likes the Glen Ryan as manager, and then you mentioned John Dial Dermot Early. Um, oh, I can't remember the other players involved, but a former player great as well. And then Paul Galvin coming in. Um, I mean, you can't, you honestly can't beat that because you have local knowledge and. I mean, the heroics that Glenn Ryan done for years for Kildare at centre-back. I mean, if players can't look up and listen to the experience he had, he also has in, had inter-county experience managing Longford as well and had relatively good success there as well. So it's, it's a catch-22 for Kerry because they, they, they kind of set the ground... A blaze set the ground ablaze early in the year, and then they kind of struggle come later in the championship. And I don't know what it is. Now I, I mentioned for a couple of times. I think Peter Keane was slightly harshly treated, but I suppose if you don't have success in a county like Kerry, there will be question marks, and the swords will come out. But um, Jack O'Connor has been there, done that, won all Ireland's, can wear the t-shirt like. But um, I, I, they had a cruise through the 
the Munster League. Um, and the real test, Robbie, will be coming in all earned semi final. That'd be the real test. I they could go out and blitz Kildare tomorrow. Our Kildare could go out and put up a great show, but the real asset test for Kerry will be the All Ireland semi final. And then if they get over that All Ireland final, uh, because everyone would have pr- predicted that if um, Dublin were beaten before an All Ireland final last year, that Kerry would have been the team, but they came up short. Uh, against uh, Tyrone so that'll be that's the test for Kerry is to see can they get to the all final and then get over the line the same question marks on Kerry will be a bit like what's over Mayo even though Kerry are, are, have way more success behind them if that makes sense yeah makes sense alright uh, and you kind of mentioned it earlier on uh, with the TJ Reid it was uh some moment of magic last weekend. Uh, that you know, in the dying embers of the game, um, the game was all but won. And TJ, he steps over the ball and he does the he does the impossible again. So, uh, what did you what did you think of the goal overall and and the game? Uh, a, a terrific a terrific penalty from TJ Reid. I remember marking TJ Reid when I was about 11 or 12 in a school's match below in Valley Hale. And I hadn't yeah, told who TJ was. And I was soloing up the field one time and I heard my name being roared, TJ, TJ, TJ. And it was actually the Valley Hale uh, principal was roaring at TJ Reid. And TJ Reid hooked me and just done magic back then. Like, And I still have nightmares over that because me and Herlin... A hurling, I, I wouldn't have been setting the world alight at hurling. I won't lie to you, I was better at football, but hurling, I was okay. Very, very average. But but uh, so to see t- what TJ reads after doing sense, and I mean, you'd want no one else over the ball last weekend. Um, and when even the interview after, when he said the referee told him he had 30 seconds, he put everything behind that. Uh, going to the second part of the question, on the run of play, I think St. Thomas's can feel really, uh, really hurt uh, because it's it's a game that they were in a winning position. Um, on the balance of play, they showed a win and Ballyhale warned at the, the top level that you know they can perform that and they'd admit that themselves they were they had shaky times against uh, Mount Leinster Rangers shaky times against Rhinas uh, they showed in the Leinster final against Balakala what they can do when they're when they hit really hit the ground running but still they act out results Robbie and I mean it's the market champions that even when you're not performing to the level the, and the ability you know you can that you're still getting the results and no one would bet against them in dollar and final against uh, Ballygunner um, but I mean they're, they're just champions and um, like I, I was chatting to a work colleague during the week. I remember Carrick Shock being in a position in a league game a few years or about 10 years ago. Now, league game up in Huggins time, Carrick Shock will even be two points. And who pops up gets a goal to win it? Only TJ Reid. So 
I mean, he he doesn't change. Class is permanent, Robbie. <laughs> yeah, he's an incredible career, and uh, he's not done yet. Um, cool. So we'll uh, we'll park the GA there for a minute, and uh, best of to all the teams this weekend. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, podcasting and Spotify, and uh, specifically uh, Joe Rogan and Neil Young. I don't know if you've seen much of this during the week. Um, it was all over my uh, newsfeed on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff. But uh, Neil Young, he was um, not happy with Joe Rogan, and he was saying basically to he said the letter to Spotify saying. Uh, it's me or Joe Rogan. You can have, you can have. If you don't take off Joe Rogan, you can take my music off. Um, and you know, as yet, ourselves, two hands in a row podcast, haven't had any such drama where people are threatening to take their music off Spotify because we're on it. But um, what do you think of the whole thing? Do you think? Um, do you think that like Neil Young is kind of making a stand, or you know, is kind of Joe Rogan entitled to you know? debate and have things on or where, where, where do you kind of line up on this one teach um it's it's a tough one and i'm not going to sit on the fence with it because if it was to to side with anyone slightly i'd be siding with neil young because that would be my personal beliefs as well um, and I'm just before you go to... on can you qualify are you like a neil young music fan so are you, uh, are you fine? his music ability or are you speaking neutrally here i'm speaking neutrally and um, now it was at a neil young concert when i was in nolan park oh uh, here we go so, biased now. no biased. no 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 i but i wouldn't have been i won't lie to you i wouldn't have been a huge fan i i'd listen to the music and all of that but i won't say i was a fan now i was impressed with the concert and um, like uh, to qualify it i went to rod stewart because it was in Nolan Park as well. And I wouldn't have been a Rod Stewart fan, but still I enjoyed the concert and I enjoy a couple of songs. Uh, the reason why I'd say with Neil Young is I'd have the beliefs around vaccines the same as Neil Young. And I'm not going to kind of go on to the podcast and say, here, those that are against vaccines are bad people or they shouldn't have their beliefs or anything like that. Um the reason why I'd be siding with Neil Young is I agree with his interpretation of the science. Now, looking at Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan is fully entitled to hold his beliefs as well. And it's a bit like politics. Uh, just because you may support one party doesn't mean that you can't respect the beliefs of someone else. You can have a healthy debate or an argument, but you should be able to respect the decision of other people as well. And the big divide that I can see coming out, thank God we're nearly out the other side of the pandemic, is the vaccine, the vaxxers against anti-vaxxers and how you can separate that divide. Um, you're going to have division no matter what, but they have been real hostility. They have been... Um, an awful lot of groups that may not have really good beliefs or ambitions using vaccines and being against vaccines as a platform to put forward their kind of uh, ideology or um, beliefs or that, which isn't helpful. Like you could have reasonable people that have concerns 
And then you have people, say, going to protests that are just there to cause trouble as well. So they are a real serious divide. Now, going back to the Neil Young, Joe Rogan, um, Neil Young is such a music legend. It doesn't really matter. Like the money that they'd make through Spotify wouldn't really matter to the likes of Neil Young. In a sense, he wouldn't be earning that much from uh, Spotify that it would make a difference. But because he disagrees with Joe Rogan and he holds his beliefs firmly, he's making a stand with it. And if you're to look at it from a marketing perspective, Neil Young could actually come out better from removing his music from Spotify because you'd have people getting his music on, say, the likes of Apple. Um, There's um, high, uh, sorry, there so many streaming platforms out there for music now. Spotify would be a drop in the ocean for the likes of Neil Young. Um, and it's also going to boost the publicity of Joe Rogan as well because uh, people that would be anti-vaccines are people that would, like, say, Joe Rogan or, uh, say, from UFC or whatever, will tune in as well. So it's kind of a win-win for both of them. The only one that may lose out would be Spotify because... And uh, they, they won't make, say, advertising money off of Neil Young fans, but people that did gain it back with people that had side with Joe Rogan. So it's, um, I hope that waffle made a bit of sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Um, yeah, I think like I've, I've watched like some Joe Rogan stuff, and you know, I think like his kind of comments on vaccines as well like he has kind of said that like he would encourage other people of you know like say different like health uh situations like say say older people or people who are overweight or unhealthy he would encourage them to get it made the personal choice himself not to get it um so i don't know if he's necessarily kind of anti-vax or whatever uh like strictly like in the in the in the extreme form of the world in this extreme form of the world if you get me but um, like I don't think he's like saying he doesn't want anyone to get one, or he he was kind of saying that him himself he wouldn't get the COVID one. Um, yeah, so I think there is probably a bit of um a leap out there as well, where the kind of you know almost likes of Joe Rogan is becoming the new Trump in lots of ways. He become he's becoming like the the person that the media are are making a lot of hay out of criticizing because, you know, like say, you know, news broadcasters, if they, if they run a story about Joe Rogan and him being anti-vax or the ivermectin and stuff, that's going to get a lot of views. Um, and the same with Trump, because when Trump left office, the likes of CNN and CN or NBC or whatever, their ratings dropped a lot because there wasn't the boogeyman to rant about, you know? So in a way is kind of Joe Rogan kind of filling that space of being like, you know, someone that the media can, you know, make hay out of criticizing as well. Um, would that be kind of, you know, like, because like, if you listen to Joe Rogan, he has kind of lots of varying views on stuff. And 
you know, he's often talked about as being this right wing person when he said that he wanted to vote for Bernie Sanders in the U.S. presidential election, uh, who is you couldn't get any more left wing than Bernie like in other ways. So is is he kind of being hounded a bit in the media uh, as well? You know, like whatever about his viewpoints and like you could disagree with him, I disagree with some of the stuff he says or, you know, and. In fairness, whenever I listen to any of the podcasts, it's because he has someone else on that I would like to listen to as well, if you know what I mean. I don't specifically listen yeah. because of him, if you know what I mean. It's like, you know, Today FM, I'm actually not a huge Matt Cooper fan, but I actually listen to the show a lot because he has some good guests on and they have good topics and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So is yeah. like kind of, you know, Joe Rogan becoming a bit of a, a boogeyman for the for likes of CNN and these kind of big liberal media corporations? Yeah, and well, firstly, thanks for clarifying, Robbie, because I, I won't lie to you, the perception I would have gotten out there was Joe Rogan was anti-vaxxing. Um, yeah. So I know I'm glad to, and being honest, like I was saying, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and free speech and everything. So just because I may disagree with them, you have to respect the decisions and views of others. And I mean, you look at the situation with Novak Djokovic as well. He made a personal decision, but still there are portrayal out there and everything. Um, and actually it was emerged after he was investing in a COVID treatment with a company. So yeah. it, it's... But I think in terms of Djokovic, Djokovic actually is anti-vax. Oh, yeah. I know, definitely. Yeah, I know, definitely. And I know, I, and yeah, you kind of, like I was saying, even though I disagree with it, you have to respect someone's decision as well. Uh, going back to your question about, say, the media and Joe Rogan. Yeah, the media are going to, and I studied media and I was lucky to work in it in a very small scale, um, wrote articles and all of that. And yeah, like even local papers are going to, and even local radio or whatever, they're going to, put out bylines that are going to grab people's attention because that's what gets in advertising revenue and that's what pays staff. So if, um, say, if you look with the likes of Trump, Trump was so high profile and Joe Rogan is so high profile now because of his role within the UFC and then the podcast now as well. If Joe Rogan even let a fart in public, it would make the front page of a newspaper now and people will buy it. And it's the exact same as, uh, and I would have, I wouldn't be a huge celebrity lover in a sense. I respect um, celebrities for their talents and everything like that. And I understand why they look for privacy at times because they have absolutely no freedom at all. Um, and yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with your opinion that Joe Rogan has been made a scapegoat by the media because that's what sells papers and it's going to um, uh, get people's attention because like I was saying, you have people that would be pro-vaccine, which I would be one. You'd have people that would be anti-vaccine and the media are going to put out stories and headlines and bylines and all of that because they want to make advertising revenue. And that's it. There's very few non-for-profit 
media organizations out there. You look at most of the media organizations, they're purely for profit. Um, and I mean, there's very few, like they are vast numbers, say, of local community stations and all of that, lucky to be involved, all of that, where you hear none of this. But you look at the ones that are making advertising revenue that are for profit, they're going to put out whatever story they think is going to make the most money for themselves. Uh, except for state broadcasters like Sparty, BBC, like Sadatlin. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of less of a, they're getting funding anyway, so there's less of a, you know, kind of maybe a, a pressure to make money or to report on stories just for, you know, clicks and, and that sort exactly. of stuff. So, exactly. So that's where your TV license money is going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all you'd have to do is look at America and you look at CNN, which would be Democratic, and you look at Fox News, which would be Republican. Uh, you're not going to have people, or very seldom you're going to have pro-Democratic uh, Party people on Fox News because it goes against the, the audience that they're targeting. And you're going to have very few Republic, uh, I mean, real heavy Republicans appearing on CNN because that's going against their target audience as well. Yeah, that's very true. Did you actually see um, Biden calling uh, Peter Ducey of Fox News a son of a bitch during the week? I did. I heard it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a lesson that uh, if there's a microphone in front of you, you want to be careful uh, at all times, no? Oh, yeah, I know, definitely. It's like the joke we're making about the make sure to edit your podcast as well. Like, so <laughs> you make sure yeah. that you, you, if you, if you're wearing a microphone anyway, make sure you cover it or block it some way. Because, but I know Biden's a legend. Like, you, there are some decisions he doesn't make, but still, uh, you, you know, he's a bit Irish when that happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, he does stuff like that. Uh, yeah, cool. So we're going to move on to our uh, next topic. So yeah, this is just um, a thing I've seen during the week. It was like, if you could recommend one rule change uh, that would make your sport better. Um, so there's a few examples, like some of them were just like funny examples. And other ones were like genuine ones was like, um, you know, instead of having a penalty shootout, you could have like a crossbar challenge um, to decide a game. Um you know, just to add an, an extra element of drama or maybe like in American football, you could have a rule where your team can only like punt the ball maybe three times or whatever. So like punting the ball is very much a a conservative defensive move, if you know what I mean. So if they can only do it maybe two or three times a game, that might make them make more kind of different decisions and stuff like that. So yeah, so is there any sort of uh, rule change that you'd like to implement in, in a sport or, you know, maybe in hurling or GA or rugby or anything like that? Uh, if it's okay, could I just mention one small thing quickly, Robbie, and I go to that if that's okay. I just want to wish best of luck to uh, two Kilkenny Camogie sides, one in action actually today. Uh, the game may be on when the podcast is out, Barrow Rangers against Rhinos in the Intermediate Club. Uh, semi-final I was involved with lucky to be involved with Barrow Rangers for a couple of years and I really wish them the very best in that Leinster club final uh, semi-final sorry uh, they're a great mm-hmm. side great commitment and also Dixborough Camogie 
uh, senior Camogie club in the Leinster senior final tomorrow uh, against Owlark de Bala, Owlark de Bala, the Rain and all earned champions as well. And uh, I know a good few of the Dixborough players from being involved over the years. And I wish both sides the best of luck. Sorry about that, Robbie. I was forgetting you right. it. And uh, I just no wanted worries. to make sure to wish my best wishes there. Um, yeah, going back to the topics, the brilliant one. There's one thing that I would love to change straight away. And that's solo in, in Gaelic football and hurling. Um, I mm-hmm. love if you're able now I say if you take for example hurling you know some of the real top players take those extra couple of steps and you see it in especially a build up to a goal you see it in the highlights of the Sunday game you could have an absolutely terrific goal and then they look back and the player be after taking seven or eight steps I'd love to see that being removed from hurling and I'd like to see it being removed from Gaelic football as well. Or maybe not to stray away from the traditional end, maybe increase it a bit. Maybe have a situation where you could have a player take seven or eight steps or maybe even 10 steps legally. I think it would really entertain the game. I won't lie to you, especially Gaelic football. It, it kind of, could you imagine a rugby style kind of solo? And now I know there are no solo in rugby, obviously, and people saying, no, there's none. But do you know the way you can run with the ball? Maybe mm-hmm. if they, you introduce that you had to hop after every seven or eight steps or something. Just to make like it in Australian rules right. football, I think they have the same exactly, thing exactly. Yeah. And I think that would really, uh, well, in my view, and an awful lot of the purists could completely disagree, and traditionalists as well. I think that would really increase the the speed of the game. The speed of the game is really intense at the moment. But um, another thing is the toe tapping in Gaelic football. I think it's a great innovation in ladies football that you can pick the ball up off of the ground and like there are a few rule changes there and there's one memory comes to mind and the father keeps on about it or a really young niece side who are playing Dublin back in 1999 and there was an incident where and I don't mean this because you're from Dublin or anything Robbie it's just an example no 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 it was an example that um, father was always on about and it was kind of a, had a real impact on that leash team. They were young and all of that, where a Dublin pair picked the ball up off of the ground, got a score and leash ended up losing. There are other examples throughout the, the years of other teams and all of that. If they take, say, the rules that could be exploited a bit where a player takes an extra couple of steps where another player could be blown up or if you have a situation where a player picks the ball up off of the ground, it makes the job for the referee an awful lot easier and then you won't have any controversy, say, on the likes of the Sunday game that night saying here a team got a victory even though the ball was fouled in the build-up to it. Um. And yeah, that's that's what I would like. Now, I was saying an awful lot of people might say here, oh, you're not a lover of the GA or traditionalist when if you're mentioning that, but that'd be something that I would like to see done anyway. Yeah, no, I suppose the points there and 
you know, I definitely think like if you were able to take more steps, it would speed it up. Um, yeah. But then there's probably a fine balance between doing that and maybe taking away from the, yeah. the, the game as well. Like, you know, the way. So, yeah, like definitely think it would be, it's probably like, it's like in terms of like picking the ball up off the ground with your foot, like that's probably something that's never going to change really. It's just like, I don't understand why it's actually not in it's ladies that, football as well. It's not like it's, ladies can't do that. Yeah, it's the half hour effort, Robbie. I mean, it's, you know, players are picking, some of the players are picking the ball up off the ground. Like anyone, like you would have been trained in Gaelic football. I would have been trained in Gaelic football. I loved Gaelic football. Hurling's the first love, but I love playing Gaelic football. And you're always told you need to get the toe under the ball. But yet you look at some of the games and the players only barely put their toe to it and they're getting away with it. And then you have another player picking the ball up and they're being blown up for it. And that's where... It's like hand-passing though, hand-passing and hurling, like, because it's very, exactly. like, very exactly. throwy. Like, where you have, where you have a sport, and I don't mean to be dragging on her, and you can tell me to shut up, but, um, is you're going to have controversies. So, and you have a referee there that's doing it and only getting paid a set fee. It isn't like a, a, a say soccer where they they have they're kind of semi professional, are professional in some outfits where they're earning a really decent wage. An inter county referee, I, I know a club referee gets between 40, 50 euro. Uh, an inter county referee, I think, gets around the same, but not much more. And then they get an allowance to pay for meals for umpires, which barely covers it as well. And um, so what I was saying is by making those rule changes, you're taking an awful lot of the pressure off the referees that are getting a hard time as it is, because a referee only has one second or millisecond to make a decision where you have editors and you have analysts that are able to watch back and back replays as many times as they want and then highlighting the mistakes by referees. Now, I'm not up here on on a platform saying all oh, referees are far from controversy because I'd be one that would have highlighted referees making poor decisions but I would like to be made see a bit easier or introduce say the likes of VAR or something like that other than that take away the rules that could lead to grey areas or decisions going against teams like yeah yeah, I, I think that could, definitely would make the referees' uh, jobs a lot easier. Uh, now, one of the ones I'd like to see brought in is probably a strange one to be honest with you, but uh, and people are like, "Jesus, that's kind of going back to the dark ages of Gaelic football." But it's the taking the freeze off the ground, so no freeze out yeah. of hands. Um, I just think it looks so cool, and it's kind of just uh, yeah. definitely a bit of class and a bit of style to it. Like you know, like lads like taking. And it'll probably be a lot of quick freeze, like just taken, you know, off the ground or whatever. But um, and as well, it would make like maybe you know freeze a bit more interesting because you'd have to have the guy who can stick it over from the ground, which is a very like very skillful part of the game. Um, and as well, like you have it in hurling as well, where they have to they have to rise the ball and then strike it. They can't take it out of hands as such, if you know what I mean. So, you know. I just like I think I've seen there was some goal was on Instagram the other day. It was like uh, Jimmy Keaveney he lobbed the ball over um, the Armagh goalkeeper in some it was Ireland semi final or final I think it was, 
But in the build-up yeah. to it, there was like a, a kick out by like the halfback or whatever. Um, I just I just think it's definitely something I'd like to see brought back in. Or it definitely won't be brought back in, but I think it would you know add a different element to the game and stuff like that. And you know maybe take it away from like the the easy like you know free just out of the hand, just like you know passing the ball sideways or whatever. So um, yeah, it's something I'd kind of like to bring back in. I think. Um, there was a bit of talk in about the NFL rule changes for overtime and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, one of the rule changes I'd like to see in maybe Gaelic games is that, um, like, they kind of keep playing maybe. If, you know, like, in terms of don't have, like, you know, do we have, like, penalty shootouts and stuff like that? Maybe they just kind of keep playing maybe yeah. uh, different sort of overtimes, if you know what I mean. So they might play, like, maybe... Um, like 10 minutes and then if not if it's level go in for another 10 minutes if you know what I mean rather than having like two halves of of, uh, of 10 minutes and extra time so just play for the 10 minutes and if you're ahead then you win and if not you go to the next period of overtime or something like that. I think that'd be kind of interesting um, yeah I know all the players I, I, would be reckless there. yeah I know I'd agree with you everything you said there I'm not just saying it for the sake of saying it um, I, I love watching the whole games I won't lie to you. I mean, especially the old Gaelic football games and any time safe, it's a Dublin Kerry match, especially in All-Ireland. I love watching back the the likes of, you know, the highlight or the highlights of previous encounters and all of that. Uh, one thing I love that it's coming in slightly again. The father would have seen a lot. Dublin introduced the hand passing into the game and Kerry perfected it. And um, back around 70s, 80s, all of that. I'd love to see more kick passing out of the hand as well. I don't mean from freeze. What I mean is more direct ball in. Um, an example I can give is, do you remember Armagh back in the early 2000s where they played, they switched the play, they play a long diagonal ball Um Mm. And it'd be a bit like that in Hurling as well, when Kilkenny were really at their prime, instead of playing a possession game where you just play the ball long direct. Um, brilliant example would have been a league match between Kilkenny and Tipperary back, I say, it's about four year ago now, four or five year ago. I was actually at a dinner dance the same night, so it would have been around 2017. Um and there just, I think it was about 10 minutes that there were no free. The ball didn't go out of play. And it was just Kilkenny and Tipperary going at just pure hurling. Like there were hits going in, there were brilliant passes, there were very little short passes. The ball was lost, the ball was turned over. It was just phenomenal. And I, I'd like to, I'd agree with you, but that'd be another thing I'd like to see both in hurling and football, kind of less short passing. Um, Show sure, something that actually could uh, help with that would be like maybe a shot clock. You know, we have it in yeah. basketball where they have like yeah. 24 seconds. So you could maybe have like a minute shot clock. So if you've had the ball for, you know, a minute and you haven't taken a shot, then the possession kind of turns over. So I think you, that would actually help a lot as well in terms of speeding up the game. You know, t- like teams wouldn't be dilly-dallying back in defence or whatever. And it would also, you know, like Dublin, they also did a thing where they um, 
they would keep possession. Uh, like at the end of the game, say if there were two or three points up, they'd just keep possession of the game, of the ball until the game was over sort of thing. And it's, it's not very yeah. exciting to watch and all that sort of stuff. So it's a possibility that maybe if you brought in the shot clock as well, that teams wouldn't be able to do that. They wouldn't be able to just pass the ball to death as well. And you'd get maybe more exciting end, ends to games as well. So that could be a, that could be another one. You got any other, uh, any other rules or do you want to move on to the picks of the week? Oh no, Dad! I I think I'm after waffling enough, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right, so cool. So we'll go on to um, picks of the week. There, what are your uh, picks of the week this week, Teach? Yeah, I, you might find this strange because I'm very new for discovering new series and stuff. But um, yeah, I discovered this one actually on the box I have at home. And when I was younger, I would have been a big fan of Superman. Do I remember the one Lewis and Clark, the new adventures of Superman used to be on oh, yeah. RT one on a Saturday? Yeah, there's actually a new one out I discovered and um, it's into the second season, but I watched one episode. I was up early last uh, Sunday morning before I went for a run and I was looking around to see if there was something I could spot. And it's called Superman and Lewis. Um, and it kind of takes up the story from, do you remember the original Christopher Reeves Superman film? Um mm-hmm. In the first episode. Now, like we're saying, I only watched one episode of it, but I really enjoyed it. But they brought it from where he came to her first, like in the Christopher Reeves one. um, His kind of went slightly through when he was in school and then when his father died. But the series takes off then from when he gets married uh, he actually marries Lewis Lane and he has his own two kids now. So it's, it's Lois Lane. It's, Can we just get this right now? It's Lois, not Lewis. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Lane uh, would be something different. Miss Lane, then. <laughs> Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it seems really good now. But like I was saying, I have to watch a couple more episodes, but it'd be definitely one to check out. And the Superman second topic, and Lewis, is it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and say it again because I don't know what <laughs> other way to say it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the second one was uh, going back to TG Carter again and ladies football. There's a brilliant Larker Gale, um, and I think they're really going out of their skin this year. They um there's a brilliant one um i can't think of his name the former antrim hurler um but there was a brilliant episode on thursday night about sue ramsbottom at leash um and it went through her entire playing career she won as uh, she lost eight all irelands before seven or eight all irelands before she actually won one and it well. tracked from 1987 to 1991. But it also, she would have been uh, aide de camp to Mary McAleese as well. She was in the army and it went through the stories, uh, the story of her joined the army. But it also mentioned about she was one of the youngest players to ever play a senior club final as well, a uh, club all-earned final. Uh, I, she was only 13, 14 at the time. 
Um, so it, will, it went through her entire career as Lycra Gale does. And yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Like I was saying, I would be biased because I have leash connections, but I, I really think it's, it's a brilliant one. And it makes me uh, love to see one on Anne and Angela Downey maybe next season or something like that. I'd love to do great episodes on female uh, intercounty players, but it's great um, and were mainly recent. But it was actually, I thought it was really great um, seeing a player that lost so many times to finally reach uh, success like they did in 2001. So it was, I definitely thought it was a brilliant watch. Now. Yeah, cool. So good one, sir. Um, so for me, uh, a few albums, uh, as you may know if you listened last week, I'm listening to an album, album a day, pretty much. Uh I think I've actually listened to more than an album a day so far this year. Uh, you kind of, once you can listen to maybe a good album, you maybe get excited and maybe listen to some other stuff. Um, yeah, so one that I listened to, actually only listened to this one uh, yesterday was one by Aaron Lewis. Now he's the he's the former lead singer of the band Stained. I don't know if you know you know Stained. I never heard. I won't lie to you. No, I'm sure you've heard some of their songs. Um, but anyway, they're kind of a successful kind of um, rock band. I think it was like maybe late or early 2000s, kind of late 90s sort of thing. Um, yeah, so anyway, but he's obviously a lot older now and he does uh, more country music. So he had a new album released uh, yesterday, 28th of January, and it's called Frayed at Both Ends. So it's a, it's a good listen. Um, and then another one that was recommended, uh, just recommended on my Spotify, was by a guy called Ryan... Bingham and it's called Mescalito. Um, yeah, so it's nice kind of acoustic uh, sort of music, just a guy on a guitar. I like a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, just someone on a guitar just kind of singing away there. So, and then also I discovered a band. Well, obviously I haven't discovered them because they've been around a long time. But I've actually, I've heard of them. I had heard of them a lot. They're called the Deftones, but I actually never listened to them. And you know, it's actually perfect workout music. It's quite heavy stuff now, just in case uh, <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. Um, but I would have kind of considered them like just by the, the same the name of the band for them to be a lot more indie-ish. But um, they're definitely like it's really really heavy stuff, which I which I enjoy. Um, so that'd be a good one. And then a, a film I, I watched during the week, um, directed by Wes Anderson, is called The Darjeeling Limited, and it's about um. Three, bro- three brothers and they're you know traveling around India on a train and then they're kind of traveling in other different ways and they're basically trying to find themselves and that sort of stuff um maybe come come back closer together as brothers as well um it stars uh Owen Wilson Bill Murray does a bit of a cameo in it as well it's pretty cool um there's some other guys in it I forget their names just um I forget their names but there's a good few famous actors in it if you know what I mean but I don't necessarily remember their names or whatever but yeah it's, it's a good watch um kind of it's a little bit funny and then it has kind of some more emotional bits in it as well so it's a nice kind of well-rounded film so uh they'll be my picks of the week so uh have you um have you seen that movie have you seen many wes anderson's movies or no i haven't no but i'd be a big fan of bill murray uh i like him as a an actor and uh 
I heard some funny stories. Uh, Bill Murray came over to the Cats Laughs actually at the uh, early stages when it started in the 90s. And there are mm. some terrific stories. And it just comes across a bit like Tom Hanks where um, celebrity culture didn't really get to him. He just seems like one of the lads like. And uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely checked that out. Like I was saying, I'd be a fan of Bill Murray. Actually, did you well, see Bill, that? Bill Murray only does a cameo in it, so it's jumped on. Oh, okay. <laughs> all your, I hope so. <laughs> oh, okay. He just does okay. A, a small minor cameo in the book. I think oh, Wes Anderson yeah. includes him in a lot of his movies or whatever. So, oh, no, not uh, a bother. Cool. Did you cool, see cool. that one? I saw it on Twitter today. Oasis are linking up with Foo Fighters. David Grohl, or I can't. I Dave Grohl. Grohl, sorry. Uh, I think he's a brilliant singer, guitarist, and drummer. Uh, the Foo Fighters, but they're linking up together to. Um, are there some collaboration? I saw it on Twitter. Now, it could be a complete spoof. So if it is a spoof, uh, please excuse me on it. But I'll I check think it. That, uh, yeah, definitely fact, if fact check it. Um, I don't know which one of the Gallagher's uh, because everyone knows Oasis are separated. I don't know which one of the Gallagher's, Gallagher's it is is linking up, but um, there's meant to be. Or, like I was saying, it might be a wish of someone, but uh, if that happens, that'd be terrific, like, because Foo Fighters, as well as Oasis, have some terrific songs, like, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, sounds like a good uh, combo. Yeah, I know, definitely. But definitely fact-check it. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> uh, we fact we fact check most of the things you say, to be fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of us cool. do. <laughs> Some of us do. Uh, cool. So we'll go on to I suppose our, our world sports roundup. Um, so just like kind of it's quite enough relative weekend in sport because uh, no Premier League. They're on a bit of a break, and the Six Nations isn't starting until next week. Um, but we had some good news about uh, box office fights for uh, Katie Taylor in uh, Madison Square Garden. She's facing off against Toronto, and I think as well. It will be the first um, female bout to headline at Madison Square Gardens, if I'm not uh, if I'm not wrong. So that's a pretty pretty big deal for Katie Taylor, and uh, you looking forward to that fight, Teach? It's the end of yeah, April. no, yeah, no, definitely. I'd be a big fan of Katie Taylor's. I mean, she's just an inspiration. Like, I mean, it's um, and. If she if she can get the result in that fight against Serrano, Serrano's what seven seven weight world champion, um, Katie Taylor twenty and oh, uh, five five weight world champion or uh, something five weight I think Katie Taylor is, um, she's undisputed champion at undisputed yeah, um, so yeah no it'd be it'd be a terrific bout. Actually, there's another fight not to go off, and I'll go back to Katie Taylor. Is Tyson Fury is going to fight Dylan White? That's I think around the the week before. I think the twenty third of April. Um, mm-hmm. that's going to take place over in uh, England. I heard where it was, but I'm not a hundred percent. Uh, sure, it, it was only kind of announced this morning, but that'd be a definitely a brilliant one. But going back to Katie Taylor, um, yeah, I mean, 
Katie Taylor wanted to fight Serrano for so long. Serrano kind of to is kind of was talking, but didn't want to put anything on paper. I think so. Yeah, I know if Katie Taylor could get the result there, that would be the real pinnacle of her career, except for the the Olympic gold medal at the time. And um, I won't retire Casey Taylor too early because I she has many, many years left ahead of her. But, I mean, she couldn't achieve any more after that. Um, it'd be, but it's definitely one I'd be really looking forward to. And it's definitely one you'd be glad that you may be able to go out watching the pub with a few beers as well. Yeah, yeah, should be good. Um, cool. So, also African Cup of Nations at the quarterfinal stage that's going on as well. Um, I think there's a couple of world qualifiers, uh, South American qualifiers going on. I think that's part of the reason why there's a break in the Premier League as well. Uh, you'd be a little lost about the Premier League game. So, but if you're looking for something to watch uh, this weekend, um, the NFL, AFC, and the NFC Championship games are on. Uh, Sunday evening, so so a couple of big games there. You have the Bengals, who you know, young quarterback, uh, like they, they have never won a Super Bowl. They don't really win a whole lot of uh, AFC. I don't know if they ever won an AFC Championship either, but um, they'd be kind of like, you know, definitely big underdog story. And they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are, I suppose, the kingpins of the AFC. I think they won the last three AFC Championship games, and they're in the last two Super Bowls. Uh, so they'd be looking to get back there as well. Um, so that'd be an interesting matchup that's on tomorrow and then or Sunday depending on when you're, you're listening to this and then you also have the San Francisco 49ers who I suppose have been overall a bit of a surprise package as well because they weren't really shooting the lights out during the regular season and only barely qualified for the playoffs and then they bet the Cowboys bet the Green Bay Packers both at home so they're on a bit of a run uh, of causing upsets and they have to play the LA Rams in LA uh, tomorrow night as well in SoFi Stadium. Um, I suppose the LA Rams have a bit of a, a stacked um, roster of players. They've got lots of uh, superstars on there, kind of almost Real Madrid, Galacticos sort of style, uh, a bit of a super team uh, going on. I'm not, I'm not sure how they're under the salary cap, so they're on Sunday evening. So if you're looking for something to maybe replace your Premier League watching, you could uh, definitely check that out, Tej. Yeah, I know, definitely. And actually, before we move off of soccer, I'm actually over the moon with news was announced yesterday that Liverpool may have making a surprise signing in the January transfer window. Luis Diaz, uh, Colombia. It looked like Spurs may have gotten a signature. Manchester United were interested as well. Um, but yeah, no, there's a rumour that Liverpool are after signing them. And it really backs up what I was saying, that we need another option, uh, an attacking option within Liverpool. Um, but it's definitely, if no one heard of him, it's definitely worth checking out his backstory because he was playing in um, just in Dustfield over in Colombia. He was uh, severely underweight and now he's after scoring, I think, about 25 goals for Porto in the Portuguese league. So, yeah, I'm excited about this if Liverpool can pull it off. And, of course, I'd be biased on it. <laughs> of course, of course you would. 
Uh, yeah, so we're going to move on to the high ball, but just firstly, I want to quickly mention that you did an interview with um, former GA president Nicky Brennan during the week. That's uh, Where is that available to each? Yeah, no, I, I think that will be podcasted on the Community Radio Kilkenny City uh, Facebook and Twitter pages and also SoundCloud. Yeah, it's a strange one. I would have working with Nikki a good bit on uh, radio, so it was strange being on the other side of the mic. Um, and I won't lie, I slightly embarrassed about the interview because it was actually about myself and I don't like talking about myself it might come across as strange but I don't but uh yeah yeah it was chatting chatting nearly uh mainly about uh weight loss but um a bit about the podcast and Komogi as well but uh yeah it was weird being on the other side of the microphone for a change so he was interviewing you rather than interviewing I thought you were interviewing him but is it the way around it was sort of way around, yeah. I know it's, uh, yeah. I know I, I, I know Nicky a long time now, and have um, uh, he'd be a good friend, and yeah, it was strange being the other side of the microphone, like, um, so it was yeah. slightly embarrassed, right, right, yeah. but chuffed as well. Like that's for uh, yeah. We have a good story to tell in, in uh, terms of that, anyway. So uh, cool, definitely check it out. Cool, teach. We'll move on to the the high ball. The high ball, woo! Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah, this week, as um, some of you may know, I've kind of out kind of working for myself, uh, kind of left my job and stuff like that. So, what I was gonna, what I kind of noticed though from myself just working during the week that you know, maybe working on your own is a bit more of a lonelier place, if you know what I mean. Uh, and definitely missed a bit of banter and a bit of crack that I'll have kind of with uh, workmates and stuff like that. So, you know, even though like it's probably a better situation that I'm in now, if you know what I mean, it's for my career going forward, you'd still kind of miss the, the bit of banter. So I'm just kind of wondering, um, you know, what your opinion on it would be, TJ, like yourself. Um, you know, would you be willing to maybe stay in a, in a workplace where maybe you're not going to actually, you know, maybe potentially reach your potential, but you're in a really, really good work atmosphere and having like loads of crack and, you know, loads of like friendships and all that sort of stuff would you rather dash or to have you know maybe a job that maybe is a bit better for you kind of long term but maybe just not as much crack and not as much banter so or is there or would you consider it to be even worth is it even worth discussion do you think um it's a tough one Robbie because the area that I'm hoping that I'm working in at the moment there's great atmosphere in the office great everything and uh but I'd love to in the future, and I'm very careful in saying it, I'd love to branch out on my own in doing it. And that would be a selfish long-term perspective on it. Um, now, I have worked in environments where the atmosphere may not have been great and you'd love to have been away. I won't lie. I think everyone has uh, areas like that, but... I was lucky in a sense that that was very, very, that was very slim in a sense that you are in a, an environment that you want to want to be in. Um, I suppose you have to look at what's going to be the best for yourself kind of way. And I have great admiration for you, Robbie, and the, 
very best of luck and congratulations on going out on your own. It's a big step to do and uh, I wish you the absolute height of success with it. And I have no doubt that you will have brilliant success with it because your talents will shine through. Um, but sometimes you have to make that step for yourself because you could say, yeah, I, I can go in for the banter and the crack. And I'm speaking for myself here, go in for the banter, for the crack and all of that. But still financial security in the long run is what you hope to achieve. And even sometimes it isn't the finance aspect either. It's you, you have to do what you what you feel is best for yourself as well. Um and I'd be slightly like that. I always wanted to set up my own business. Uh, I won't lie, and that would still be the long-term aim um, in the future. So, yeah, sometimes having the crack and the banter is brilliant, but um, you kind of have to chase the dream you want as well yourself. So sometimes, uh, personally, myself, I like working on my own at times. Uh, and then other times you'd miss the crack and the banter like and um, but you kind of the way I'd be looking at it and hopefully in the future I'd love to go out on my own um, and not doing it to kind of have power or anything it's just something I want to do myself so uh, that's why I have such admiration for you doing it yeah, thanks very much, Chish. Well, uh, yeah, so I'll see how good on myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've definitely missed a bit of work crew and stuff, but uh, yeah, cool. So uh, good chat, Teach. Good, uh, good chat. So uh, the football and stuff will be starting soon. So I'll let you away there to enjoy your weekend and uh, have a good one. Uh, thanks a million. Same to you, Robbie. And thanks a million for everyone listening. And big thing, the league this week, Six Nations next week, and the hurling as well, so it's only getting better from here, Robbie. Yeah, it's all kicking off, yeah, the hurling league, which is what we really want uh, <laughs> really want to happen as well. Uh, cool. Sam, thanks everybody for listening, and you can follow us uh, on Facebook or Instagram, Two Hands in the Hurl podcast, and um, yeah, cool. Have a good one, Teach. Good luck. Same to you, Robbie. Pleasure. Good bye. luck. Bye. Good bye. luck. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.